Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There are many ways to get around the city of Bangkok. But my favorite by far is the motorbike, also known as the scooter or moped, depending on where you're from. But what I'm talking about when I say motorbike is the two wheeled vehicle. Basically a bicycle, but it's got a motor inside of it and it allows you to travel much faster. It's basically a motor powered bike. Now, when I think motorcycle, I think a much larger version of a motorbike, larger engine, Designed for going longer distances. It's much louder. You know, it's a motorcycle. So I'm talking about motorbikes, you know, Honda Wave, Honda Click, Honda PCX, stuff like that. And it's my favorite way to get around the city. But as I said, there are many ways. So let's run through those really quickly. The first one is the city bus. Now, it's my understanding that this is a very cost effective or cheap way to get around the city but it just seems so inefficient in terms of the time you'll have to spend on the bus getting from point A to point B. I mean, traffic is just so tense sometimes. So a trip that should take you 15 minutes might take you like 90 just because you took the bus instead of some other form of transportation, you know? Now, obviously, if you're balling on a budget, then you got to do what you got to do. I'm just saying it's, to me, not the best option in this city because the city is so big man the city of bangkok is about 1500 square kilometers that's 1500 square kilometers and so uh trying to get around on a bus it's just not the best that's all i'm saying not the best so another option you have is the taxi now as a tourist i think the taxi is pretty good because it's not extremely expensive it's also not the cheapest but i'm saying it's not going to necessarily break the bank if you're here for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but taking the taxi everywhere all the time, the money that you spend on that really adds up pretty quickly, you know? And when I say it adds up, I mean that it, um, it multiplies or increases very rapidly. So imagine Monday morning, I take the taxi to school. That's $4. Then after school, I'm going to go to the park and study a little bit. That's $6. Then I want to go get some donuts in Chinatown. That's five more dollars. What is that? Four, six, fifteen. And then to get back home, another thirteen dollars because I'm so far from home. It's a rush hour. And so it just costs more. So what did I say? 15, 13, 28 in one day. In one day. Imagine that like every day, bro. So that shit adds up really quickly if you live here, you know. So the next option you have is the train. Now, just so you know, the word train is used very generally to describe any form of transportation that travels along some kind of rail, some kind of track, right? But when I hear train, technically, I'm thinking of like interstate travel on the old school tracks that will take you from one state to another, like from Florida to South Carolina or from Southern California all the way up to Northern California, some really long distance. That's a train to me. And when I hear the word metro, it's a train, but it's built for the city. 
Like it's not going to take you outside the city limits. It's made for traveling in and around the city. So you have the metro station, there's the sky train, which is basically the same thing, except the track is not on the ground. It's up literally in the sky above all the other roads. That's a sky train. Then you have the subway, which is basically the same thing. It's just underground. Like in New York City, they have a subway system. But you will hear subway, metro, train. You'll hear those three words used interchangeably, depending on the context, just so you know. And this is another good option because even though Bangkok is gigantic, they have a pretty good metro system. You can get to a lot of the major stuff in the city just using the train, and it's really not too expensive. I think it's a good, like between the bus and a taxi, you'll find the train. In terms of convenience, in terms of price, it's quite uh, reliable. The past three months, it's never been late. You know, it comes like every six minutes or something like that, at least most of the lines that I use. So it can be a good option. But it's not as flexible. Obviously, you can only go where the train goes and you can only go when the train goes. You know what I'm saying? But it is a decent option. You also have the tuk-tuks, which are like those. Um, it's basically like a motorcycle and a car mixed together. Like if a motorcycle and a car had a baby. Because it has three wheels, like a tricycle, but there's a motor in it. And then the, behind the, the part where the person drives, there's seats like in a car. But there are no doors, no windows. So although I'm, I've never taken one, I assume it's cheap and I'm sure it's a great experience. I'm sure that historically they were very useful. But these days, when I see people riding around the city of Bangkok in tuk-tuks, it's like, again, if you want that experience as a tourist, I guess it makes sense to do it. But it's such an inefficient way to get around the city because, again, it's a motorbike and a car mixed together, but all the, you get, all the worst parts of the experience of riding a motorbike and riding in a car. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you, you have the form factor of a motorbike kind of, but you're sitting in a car, so you're still stuck in traffic. But there's no AC. It's like, it's just hot. It's 36 degrees outside. You're stuck in traffic. There's engines, smoke, there's dust. It's noisy. It's hot as fuck. And you're sitting in this half motorbike, half car. I, just, I, don't, I don't understand it. It's so inefficient. You know, it's a motorbike, but you can't get to places as fast as you would on a real motorbike. It's like a car. Anyway, let me move off of fucking tuk-tuks. It's an option. That's what I'm saying. Then you have bicycles, which in a city this size with no bike lanes is not the best option. Um, you can walk to a lot of places. You can take motorcycle taxis as well. A very efficient way of getting around the city. Extremely cheap. But you do need to put your life in the hands of some random dude on a bike. So there's that. It's, it's not for everyone. You know what I mean? And then, of course, last but not least, my favorite option is the scooter or the moped, the motorbike. My favorite. And I chose to get a motorbike because I came here last year for a month just to see how things were, the lifestyle and things like that. And I was taking the taxi everywhere. I was taking the train and just seeing how quickly the money adds up that you pay just to get places. I started analyzing how much it would cost to own a bike and how much it would cost to maintain it, gas and stuff like that. And it's just obvious that it's the most cost efficient way, the most fun, the most flexible way of getting around the city. So I knew I was going to be here long term. So I just decided to bite the bullet and get myself a motorbike, you know. And when I say bite the bullet, what I mean when I say that is like just reluctantly decide to pay for something that I don't necessarily want to pay for. So let's just imagine that this bike is $1,000. That's more than I would like to spend on a motor transportation, but there's so many benefits. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to bite the bullet. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. But let me, um, since we're on the subject, let me just really quick define bite the bullet. Sometime today. The phrase bite the bullet is an idiomatic expression in English, meaning to endure a painful or otherwise unpleasant situation that is seen as unavoidable. The phrase suggests facing up to something difficult or unpleasant with courage and without complaining, even if it involves a significant amount of discomfort or suffering. The origin of this phrase is often associated with the battlefield and the practice of having a patient bite on a bullet to endure pain and 
during a surge Jesus during a surgical procedure without anesthesia, although historical evidence for this specific practice is sparse. It's more likely that the phrase evolved metaphorically to denote facing adversity with stoic courage. The expression is used widely in English to suggest accepting the inevitable hardships or doing something difficult because it must be done. Well, there you go. We both learned something today because when I use it, it's typically in the context of money. Like it hurts to spend this much money, but fuck it, I'm going to do it because it needs to be done. So apparently you can use it in other contexts and I didn't really know that because I don't think I've heard it used outside of the context of money, biting the bullet. And ChatTPT says that the phrase originated, the origin of the phrase is often associated with the battlefield and the practice of having a patient bite on a bullet to endure pain during a surgical procedure without anesthesia. Although the evidence for this specific practice is sparse, meaning there's not much of it. Very rarely that you hear evidence or see evidence of people actually having done this in the past. Although I will say, my dad was in the military for a long time and he used to tell me stories of them having to do surgical operations in the middle of the fucking jungle during a war or some battle or something where they couldn't get medical evacuations or whatever. Like he told me he had his tooth pulled in the middle of a jungle somewhere. Just like this, no anesthesia or nothing. He just needed his tooth pulled for some reason and they pulled it. Um, so <laughs> this has nothing to do with riding motorbikes, but you know, there you go. Anyway, so I decided to bite the fucking bullet and go ahead and get myself a bike. It just made sense. It's so much cheaper, so much more flexible. I don't have to wait on anybody to go places. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to sit in traffic if I take the taxi. You feel me? And it's actually the cheapest, even cheaper than the train. Even cheaper than the train. Like to go to school, take the train, it would be like 55 baht. I would say dollars, but that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be crazy? $55. 55 baht. The name of the currency in Thailand is baht. So it's 55 baht to get there. And about 50 baht to get back. That's 105 baht. Five days a week. Or I take my bike and I pay 20 baht for parking. Five days a week. You know what I'm saying? So 500 or 100. You feel me? And that's just going to school. But uh, every day I'm going different places. So uh, it's just the most cost effective. So let me talk about the pros and cons. Moving on to the next part of this episode, the pros and cons of having a motorbike in this fantastic city. Let's start with the pros. As I said before, it's extremely cheap to ride a motorbike in this city. I leave the house every single day, Sunday to Sunday, going somewhere. And I spend about 200 baht a week. It's actually less than that, but let's just be generous and say 200 baht a week on gas which in US dollars right now is about $2.80 times four. What would that be? Two, four, six, eight, eight times four is 32. I suck at math, bro. Um, 280 times four. I feel like I should know that. 2.8 times four, 11.2. $11.2 a month on gas. You could easily spend that in a day just on a taxi. You could spend that on one taxi ride, bro. So it's extremely cheap. You can also get anywhere very, very, very quickly because you're on this tiny little bike. And no matter what road, no matter what street or alleyway, no matter how much traffic, you can just weave in and out and get to where you need to go. When I say weave in and out, just imagine a bike going left to get through these two cars and then going right and then going left and going right, going back and forth as if, as if they were actually weaving a sweater or a pair of pants or something like that. So you can just weave through traffic. You can just split the lanes. And lane splitting for all my bikers out there is uh, when you're riding your bike, there's a lot of traffic. And uh, let's say there's three lanes. And all three lanes, there are tons of cars and everybody's at a complete stop. It's gridlock traffic. On your bike, you can just ride in between the cars, right? On those white lines, just ride in between them. What is traffic, right? It's, it's, since I got my bike, I'm just like, dude, what is traffic? I don't give a fuck. Rush hour, I don't give a fuck. I'm lane splitting. You know what I'm saying? Anywhere you want to go, it's just super cheap, super quick, super flexible. You can park literally anywhere which is not something that we do in my country. You can park in front of restaurants, stores. You can park on the sidewalk. 
anywhere you pull up, just, just leave the bike. Nobody says anything. You can't really do that with a car, can you? <laughs> you, can't, uh, you can't necessarily park anywhere with a car. Parking is much more expensive with a car. Uh, cars are much more expensive, generally, I mean, to have one, right? To maintain one. Um, so you just spend much less time stuck in traffic. And remember, it's 35 degrees every single day. I shit you not. I'm, let me look at my phone right now and tell you the forecast. Okay, Saturday to Saturday, the low, meaning the lowest temperature that we will experience on this particular day, this particular week is 26 degrees. That's the low, literally every day. The high, meaning the highest temperature we'll experience is 34 every fucking day. So um, you're not sitting in traffic just under that blazing hot sun. You know what I mean? Taking two hours to get somewhere that should have taken 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? You can just also like the thing about Bangkok, which is just so fantastic, is there's food everywhere, literally everywhere. They're selling it in the streets, apart from cafes, restaurants, and all that other stuff. There's food. You can buy food everywhere. <laughs> and on a bike, you can just pull up to the food stall, tell them what you want, grab your bag, and just keep it pushing. It's just so much more flexible, bro. So much more flexible. A tiny little two-wheeled bike can go to so many more places than a car or a bus or a truck or any other form of transportation, you know? And not only that, it's just fucking fun. Riding motorbikes is so much fun. It's like a level of freedom that I haven't or hadn't, I hadn't known before coming to Bangkok, Thailand. Because I come from, I mean, I'm from the U.S., bro. My country was built for cars. Without a car in the United States of America, life just is not, it's not as pleasant as it could be, <laughs> you know, or it's, it's much more unpleasant than it needs to be. Just because the country was built for cars. Everything is far from everything else. It's very difficult to walk to most places. And um, for that reason, you just need to have a car. And I, don't get me wrong, I love cars. I love driving cars, just cruising around, going to different places, exploring the city or going to a different state or whatever. I've driven across the country in my car multiple times. It's amazing. It's the shit. However... You just don't have the same level of freedom and flexibility. And you spend a lot more money. And um, when I came here to Bangkok and got my bike, bro, it's just like just riding through the city on a bike, letting the fucking wind blow through your hair, sun cooking your skin, probably not the best thing. But, it, you know, got, got the beautiful sun cooking your skin up a little bit. And... Um, you get to see so much more of the city. Like I, I don't really need GPS to get most places now because when you're riding on your bike, you're just going up and down all these different streets, the little alleyways. You're getting familiar with the street signs and where certain things are located because every day you get on your bike and you ride somewhere and eventually you start riding around the same places. It just, it's so much easier to get to know the city. And if you live here, why would you not get to know your own city? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's... It really is the best way. The best way to see the city. Just like the, the freedom to go anywhere, anytime, cheaply, efficiently, without having to consider traffic too much. It's, it's the shit. It's the shit. And you, you get more of like a, I don't want to say more of a Thailand experience, but in comparison to the US, I'll say, in comparison to American culture, you get a much more authentic Thai experience in the sense that riding motorbikes out here is the norm. Most people grow up riding motorbikes or they know somebody that had a, a motorbike. Somebody in their family had a motorbike. They had one at the house, you know, it's much more common. So to be able to ride around on a bike like the locals, pulling up to street food stalls, parking anywhere, you know what I'm saying? Learning the city and shit like that. You really get to live more like a, a local. And obviously the locals take the bus and the train and there's, oh, I forgot to mention boat taxis, which is something I had never seen before because there are a few rivers running through the city. So you can hop on a boat and travel from the east side all the way downtown for like, I don't know, 50, 60 baht on a fucking boat. It has a bunch of stops along the river, just like a, a metro rail. Never seen that before. 
So, um, yeah, you get to live a little bit more like a local, man. Owning a bike is the shit. I got to be honest. Like, just knowing I can hop on my bike and go anywhere. I probably said that just a second ago. But that first week I got my bike, I was just going places for no fucking reason because it was so much fun ripping and running up and down the streets on that bike, man. It's the shit. But I will say it's not all fucking flowers and rainbows and chocolate cake and shit. There are definitely some cons when it comes to having and riding a bike in this city. And the first one is that bikes are relatively expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, I really don't know what else to say about that. But to, to buy one, to buy a good bike, it is quite uh, expensive. I think it's worth it, but it is a bit expensive. So that option is obviously not available to everyone. Um, also, I, I might have mentioned this earlier in the episode, but riding in Bangkok is pretty dangerous, bro. Like when I when I was telling my friends that I was thinking about getting a bike, my friends here in Bangkok, I mean, everyone I mentioned it to, oh man, are, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure? You know, it's really dangerous, man. You got to be careful. If you've never ridden a motorbike, this is not the place to learn. Bangkok is very dangerous. Bop, bop, bop. I'm like, yeah, whatever, bro. You don't know who you're talking to, man. Watch out, man. I got this shit. Don't be worried about it. You know what I'm saying? I got this. Chill out, bro. You know, I appreciate you looking out for me and my, and my well-being, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to take it from here. Thank you very much. But once I got my bike, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> now I see what they mean because it is, it is quite dangerous. I've, been in, I've had my bike for uh, almost three months. I've already been in two accidents. <laughs> And, you know, although it's debatable, I will say in retrospect, looking back on the experiences, you could argue that they were both my fault. <laughs> you could argue that I was at fault for both of them. Right. Um, it's debatable. But uh, the point is, yeah, I've already been in two accidents, one of which wasn't like terrible by my standards, but it was pretty bad. I did hit the ground and slide several meters. Um, but I'm OK. <laughs> I'm still here. In one piece, no broken bones, no shit like that. I'm still good. But the point is, it is quite dangerous. Even if you've never been or never get in an accident, it's just, there's always the chance. And it's, it's, it's a pretty high chance. Because, like, again, riding a bike is not, it's riding a motorbike. It's just like riding a bicycle, except you can go like five times faster. But if you know how to ride a, motor, a bicycle, then you can ride a motorbike. So that's not the issue. It's the issue is that there's like 10 million people in this city. Half of them, maybe even more, are on bikes as well. And then there's taxis and regular cars and trucks and tuk-tuks and buses and this and that. And it's just so many people, so much congestion in one place. And often you're, you're traveling at pretty high speed, 60, 70, 80, 90, up to 100 kilometers per hour down some of these roads. And just, man, I don't know, bro. The, my experience and the experience of people I've talked to is just like a lot of people out there on the road aren't thinking about the actions they're taking. It's just like they're impulsively doing shit, switching lanes, slowing down, speeding up, cutting you off, lanes splitting, all types of shit, crossing the street as cars travel 70 kilometers an hour down the road. I mean, just all types of stupid shit. So you really gotta like, be alert. You have to be paying attention, you know? Obviously, it's different for everybody because you do see a lot of people that ride through the streets as if they're invincible. I'm not afraid of traffic. I'm not afraid of going 95 down this road, weaving in and out of cars, putting other people's lives in danger. I don't give a shit. There are lots of dudes like that, um, but I'm not one of them, dog. There's Because this is the thing. I don't fear death. I genuinely don't fear dying or death itself. But the, the problem here is that when you're riding a bike 90 kilometers an hour down a road full of cars and other motorbikes, the worst thing that can happen to you is not death. That's probably best case scenario besides a car accident where nobody gets hurt. That's best case. Um, after that is dying. But there are many other worse things that can happen besides that. You could break both legs. You could break a hip. If you're not wearing a helmet, you fucking pack your head down into the asphalt. Now you got brain damage, but you're not dead. Man, please. There's so many things that are worse than death. 
when it comes to riding a motorbike at that speed through the city. There's so many worse things that can happen. So I don't give a shit about death. It's it's all the other shit. And that's why I don't ride around like I'm fucking invincible. I have um, before, and that's arguably what caused one of my accidents. But um, where was I going with that? The point I was making is that it is quite dangerous. And there's just so many people making such fucking stupid driving decisions. And so really what you have to do is try to predict the behavior of, of everyone around you. The people closest to you, other bikes, cars, and things like that, you need to anticipate their moves. Because if you don't, you won't have much time to react traveling at certain speeds. And there's just a very high chance you can get in an accident, you know? So you have to kind of... What I do is I imagine the dumbest possible action that somebody could take, and then I anticipate that. I prepare myself for that, you know? When you're like bending corners, when I say bend a corner, it just means turn left or right at a corner. You'll often hear where I'm from, where I'm from, you'll often hear people say bend the corner, right? Um, so when you're bending corners, when you're lane splitting, when you're speeding up and slowing down, whatever it may, crossing the street, you know, like the second accident I got into, uh, I was driving down this main road in the city. I was probably going about 60, maybe 65. I was going quite, it's not like fast but it's certainly not slow and so there's three lanes on this main road traveling south but it's such a big road that on the other side of this divider there's three other lanes going the opposite direction but at certain points you can turn and cross over the three lanes going in the opposite direction i hope that makes sense so just imagine a major road three lanes going north three lanes going south if you're going north and you need to go east you need to turn to the right so at certain points, there are breaks in this major road where you can turn right, but you have to cross over the three lanes that are going in the opposite direction, okay? And so I'm traveling down the road going south and approaching one of these breaks where people can, in fact, turn and cross over the major road and then keep going. Now it's rush hour traffic. Two of the lanes are full of cars at a complete stop. I'm in the third lane on the left, which is actually the slow lane in this country. And so I'm, I'm first of all in the middle lane and I'm thinking, okay, well, they've stopped. I'm on a bike. I'm going to go around and just proceed like I always do. So I go around, I proceed, not knowing that the reason the majority of these cops, cops, the, the reason the majority of these cars were stopped was because somebody was trying to cross over the three lanes. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm going about 60, 65, and it's only maybe, let's say 10 to 15 meters from that break in the road going 60 kilometers an hour this fucking gray mercedes benz comes darting out from behind the two lanes of cars and doesn't keep going but sees me and then stops in the middle of the fucking road i'm going 60 and impulsively just uh, grab both of my brakes and then I start to skid and i don't know if i was just wasn't paying attention to my balance or if there was something in the road that i ran over but my back tire kind of did a fishtail where it swung to the left, which means all my body weight leaned over to the right and I <clears throat> slid across the fucking road. That shit hurt bad too, bro. That shit hurt really bad. <laughs> that shit hurt really bad. And so, But I just, I hopped up real quick and just, you know, I don't know what it is, but at this point in my life when shit like that happens, I just, it's always the big stuff that doesn't affect me. I get pissed off about little shit. But big shit like that didn't, you know, didn't really phase me. I just hopped up, picked up the bike. And this fucking asshole that pulled out in front of me, when he saw me fall, he went forward a few meters and put on his hazard lights. He stopped for a second as I'm picking up the bike and walking off to the, the side of the road to not impede traffic. And bro, you know what he did? As soon as I put my kickstand down on the bike, this motherfucker just pulled off, bro. <laughs> this, this motherfucker just kept, he just left. Just left, you know, like, oh, you good? You good? All right, peace, peace. Have a good one. Hey, it's crazy out here. You got to be more careful, partner. Keep your head on the swivel, champ. And just fucking pulled off, bro. And I'm sitting there, fucking side of my bike's all scratched up, side of my body all scratched up. I landed right on my hip bone, bro. Just boom, right on the bone. That shit was almost two weeks ago. I still have the bruise. 
I'm touching it right, like right on my hip right now. There's still a bit of soreness from that fucking fiasco, bro. So in summary, um, riding a bike can be quite dangerous if you're an idiot like me. You really got to pay attention to not only what you're doing, but what everyone else on the road is doing. Um, so that is a con <laughs> of riding a bike. But you got to take the good with the bad. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's always trade-offs. So in exchange for that, the cost of gasoline, which is super, well, relatively cheap if you're riding a bike, the efficiency, the flexibility, the freedom, the happiness, the joy, the fun. In exchange for that, you know, you could get hit by a 900 pound vehicle at any fucking time or get ran off the road, have a biker cut you off, clip your back tire, whatever it may be. So you got to you got to be careful, man. You got to be careful. Um, because riding in the city, it just requires more mental energy and focus than driving a car or taking the train or something of that nature. Like you really need to be paying attention, especially if you've never ridden motorbikes before because i do understand what they say when when they say this is not the place to learn i get where they're coming from because it's it's just uh it's dangerous you get the point it's dangerous yeah um and also one thing that you know you don't have to worry about too much at least not during the rainy season is just weather because riding on a bike if it's 39 degrees out and you're stuck in traffic on sukumvit road Surrounded by buses and trucks and tuk-tuks and other bikes and you're under the fucking SkyTrain. So all that heat is just trapped in there. All the tourists walking up and down the goddamn sidewalks. People trying to sell you shit. It's, it's man. It's like sitting in a sauna. Except instead of breathing clean air, you're breathing engine exhaust. That's what it's like. <laughs> you know? Or if it's raining, you're just riding in the rain. Or you have to pull over somewhere and wait for it to stop raining. You don't have those problems with buses and cars and all that other shit. So um, with all that being said, the list of pros outweighs the list of cons. I think that it's definitely worth it if you're going to be in Bangkok long term, even if it's just a month renting a bike to see the city and, and experience it in that way. It's the shit, bro. It's so much fun. Like, I can't believe I went so many years without knowing how much fun it was, you know, coming from a country of, of car drivers. It's just like, damn, this is the shit. Why don't we have this back home, bro? This is like, dude. And also when you're, when you're riding motorbikes in the city, what I noticed or what, uh, how can I say this? After riding a bike so much in this city, my feeling towards cars and people who drive them has changed a little bit. Because where I'm from, again, a country of car drivers, we see people on motorcycles. I say we, gener I'm generalizing, not me or anybody I know, but just Americans, generally speaking. We see motorcycle riders as a nuisance, like a like kind of annoying, like get the fuck out of the way. Some of them drive kind of reckless. They make you nervous because you're afraid to hit one in traffic as they split lanes and weave in and out. So they're making you nervous um, and stuff like that. So it's just not seen like, oh, that's cool or normal or common. It's like they're the minority. People riding bikes. But here. The more I ride bikes, the more I see that, especially in big cities with tons of people, cars are the fucking nuisance, bro. Cars do not belong where people are. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's, a, there's a psychologist, Dr. Panova, Tayana Panova, who makes videos on TikTok. I've shared some of her clips on the podcast before, I think in some bonus episodes or something. And she talks a lot about this urban development, urbans, I said urban. <laughs> urban development and uh, how we build our cities and the effect it has on our mental health, traffic and all that, our, our life experience. And she talks about this a lot that like, we shouldn't have tons of cars traveling where tons of people have to be. Cars should not be taking up the majority of a street. People should, right? We built the city for us, not for the cars. And when you're riding a bike around this city, apart from seeing how efficient and fun and flexible it is, just fucking there's always, there's always, always, always some fucking cars in the way. There would be, I can't say there would be no traffic, but I find it hard to imagine that we'd have the same amount of traffic if everybody was on motorbikes. And whoever didn't want to ride a motorbike was walking, riding a bicycle, or taking a train. Now, of course, a lot of people might not be happy with that. They want their cars and shit. I'm just saying, 
it takes up so much space on the road, causes so much traffic, so much congestion unnecessarily, you know? And maybe it's because I feel like on my bike, I'm entitled to the road. Maybe it's just a sense of entitlement. But when I'm riding my bike, it's just like, bro, get the fuck out of the way. I don't understand. Like if he was on a bike, he wouldn't be in the way. He could just go. But cars can't go everywhere that bikes can go. They need much more space to travel which means it takes much longer to travel places because there's tons of other cars on the road. There's stoplights and car accidents and this and that. Bikes are just so much faster and more flexible. Especially if we're talking about a four-door car that seats five people and there's one person inside. Get a fucking bike, bro. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Just, in, just from a practicality standpoint. We could say if every person that rides around in the car by themselves chose to ride a bike, we could save so much fucking space on the roads. And if the roads were built with more space for people than cars, walking through major cities would be so much more pleasurable and quiet, you know? That's the other thing. You're riding down the streets. It's just nothing but... Excuse me. Yeah, um, it can be a bit much. It can be a bit much at times. <coughs> Excuse me. Take a sip. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ah. Uh. Yeah, man, now I see cars as a fucking nuisance. Just like, dude, get the fuck out of the way. Driving all slow, taking up all this goddamn space. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But with all that being said, I love, I, man, words cannot express how much I love my fucking bike and how much I love riding around this city on that bike. It's so much fun, dude. It's so much fun. And you, like I said before, you get to see so much more of the city, go so many more places, so much more efficiently, you know? Um, and another thing that was surprising when I came here is how easy it was to buy a motorbike. Because in my country, let's say you want to buy a car, even if you go to a used dealer, but especially like a commercial dealer where you can buy new cars, it's this whole fucking process, this gigantic lot, tons of cars and salesmen come out fucking bugging you go can i help you with anything you, you want to see a car and you know it's then you gotta negotiate the price and fucking do all this paperwork and it's just like it takes a whole day to buy a fucking car and i came here i found um a dealer that had some good reviews somebody recommended the owner was super nice bro such a such a nice lady thank god she spoke english um and the pro the whole process i think because i knew what bike i wanted i did all my research and everything and the whole process to get the bike was like 40 minutes 30 40 and half of that time was then connecting the battery putting oil in it filling it up with gas so i could take it home but just transfer the money fill out a few documents the bike is mine you know what i'm saying so it was just super easy super straightforward and uh i, I was fucking off man I was off and uh, that I got to tell you, man, like just the first week, I think I already said this, the first week I was just going everywhere, cafes and restaurants and getting more street food than I even needed, just going to neighborhoods I'd never been to before, all that shit it was amazing. 
just riding around looking at Thai people and how they live and just feeling the energy of the city going with the flow and shit like that. It's uh, a priceless experience, man. It really is. Traveling anywhere, but certainly when you get to travel and just live life like a local, like you can stay for a month, two, three months, a year or something like that. It's amazing. It really is. Um, and speaking of like Thai culture going with the flow and stuff like that, I was pretty surprised actually to see the way people do things out here in Southeast Asia. Cause I went to Indonesia for a month as well and saw the same thing. Just so many people. I would venture to say about half of people riding bikes, no helmet, no jacket, no long pants, no, no tennis shoes, just fucking flip flops, no socks, no nothing, bro. Going a hundred kilometers an hour down Sukhumvit Road, weaving in and out of traffic as if they're made of fucking titanium or something. Mr. Invincible. So many people, dog, riding around with no helmet on. Like it's nothing. Whole families. Like I posted a video on Instagram a couple months ago, I think it was, of this woman riding like sideways on the back of a motorbike. Because you know on a, on a bike, you put one leg on the left, one leg on the right, and you're, you're straddling the bike itself. You're riding it like a horse, right? But this was so many women, not just this woman, had both legs on the left side sitting sideways. You know, like you might sit if you're wearing a dress or a skirt and you don't want to spread your legs, ladies, like that. And uh, I'd never seen that before. And I'm just like, bro, what the, the fuck is going on here, bro? It'd be so easy to knock her off that bike. She's wearing a dress and like slide on shoes, no helmet, no nothing cup of coffee in one hand, cell phone in the other, just jamming to her tunes, just rocking out, bro. I'd never seen something like that before. Like that in my country, I believe is illegal. I think the cops would stop you for that and give you a ticket, which is wild because it's like, if that's what I want to do with my body, my body, my choice, bro. My body, my choice. Want to crack my head against the concrete? That should be my choice. Fuck off. But yeah, in my country, we don't really see that kind of thing. I, like I said, I believe it's illegal to ride without a helmet. I'm pretty sure. Similar to riding without wearing a seatbelt, you know? But out here is the norm. Um, not just that, but like whole families on one bike. You got the dad up front, both hands on the handlebars, you know what I'm saying? Controlling the ship. Got the wife behind him. You got one baby in front of him between his legs. The second baby is in between the father and the mother in the back. Just cruising down the street, which to me is just fucking wild because in, in my country, that type of shit, they would take you to jail for endangering the lives of those children. Nobody has a helmet on and there are four people on a bike that's meant for two. Two of them are children. And so in my country, they would see that as endangering the life of your child. They would take you to jail for that or at least give you a ticket. But I'm pretty sure you'd be taken to jail or at least charged with that crime. But out here, it's, it's normal. And I posted videos of that type of stuff on Instagram and everybody was telling me, oh, it's normal, bro. It's no big deal. That's how we do things out here. And I get it. I just, I'd never seen it before. It's new to me. It's new to me, bro, because you don't really see that. You might see it on rare occasions in places where people just don't give a fuck, like in the neighborhood or something like that. But just riding around the city, no helmet. Your son in the front between your legs, your daughter on the back. Nobody's wearing anything protective. You're just zipping in and out of traffic and shit. No, you're going to jail, bro. You are unfit to raise children. That's what they would say. Um, and I actually saw, when I, now that I think about it, when I was in Colombia, I saw the same thing. Like families of three and four on one motorbike. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. I would just be so like, well, how can I say this? First of all, I'm not getting on a bike with three other people. You got me fucked up. That's the first thing. Second of all, if I'm riding, I would just be so uh, concerned, like so nervous that I'm going to cause an accident. Like I'm going to be responsible for us falling off this bike somehow. I can give a fuck about me, but like the people on the bike that I'm responsible for, like they have fallen off this bike at who knows what speed and got who knows what injuries because of me. Like I just... Wouldn't want that. Fucking four people on the bike, dog. You know? You need some serious core strength for that shit. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see that. It's interesting to see, and but also, excuse me, what's also interesting to see is how fucking tongue tied I'm getting in this episode. <clears throat> Take another sip of the, um, what would I call this? I was gonna say chela. Chela, I think in Colombia is pola. Um, in Thailand they say beer. Mm, in Spain, cervecita. I don't know. What do, what do we call it? A brew? Take a sip of a brew. In English, we call it beer. You can call it a beer. You can call it brew. Um, take a sip of a brew. Hold my brew. Yeah, beer or brew. Anyway, let me take a sip. What was I saying, though? Uh, oh, yeah, just culture, like Thai culture out here. One thing that was also surprising that I had not experienced until I came to this country was the non-reactive nature of Thai people, especially out there in, in, in peak rush hour traffic. I'm talking chaos. The people here are just, just super chill, bro. Like much less aggressive and reactive than the people in any other country I've been to, including mine, Jesus Christ. Because like where I'm from, in many other countries I've been to, whether it's Colombia or Brazil, Mexico, like people can be quite aggressive. Lots of honking the horns, bum, bum, get the fuck out of the way. You know what I'm saying? People just yelling and cursing and all the flipping you to bird and shit, cutting you off and getting offended and trying to get revenge out there on the road, bro. You cut me off, I'm going to try to cut you off. Try to run your punk ass off the road. Fuck you. That's America, you know? <laughs> That's America. But um, out here, it's not like that. Like, no matter how fucking dumb somebody might be driving, like, everyone else around them just accepts it. It's just like, it is what it is. What is honking my horn going to solve? What is getting mad and angry and trying to get revenge on this stranger? What is that going to solve? This person cut me off in traffic? Okay, well, they, they cut me off. All right. Let's just keep it moving. This person's driving too slow? Well, fuck it. Let me just go around them. Right? Somebody does something stupid. I, I have not once, not once in three months, four collectively, I've not once heard somebody screaming out of anger in traffic. Not one time. And I've seen a lot of stupid shit out there on the road, bro. And just people don't really react like that. Not just when driving, but in general. They're much more, they have that like, go with the flow, it is what it is kind of vibe. Obviously, I'm generalizing, but that's the vibe I get out here. Is it's just like, just go with the flow. You know, don't cause a scene. Don't make too much out of something little. Just fucking let it go. Accept it. And that's what I see out on the road. It's like, no matter the situation, it just, it, it is what it is. Like when I, like the accident I told you about. When this fucking idiot pulls out in, in the middle of traffic. I'm going 60 down the road. Stops in front of me. He could have just, bro, there was nobody in front of him. He could have just kept going. He looked at me. I saw him look at me. And he stopped the vehicle. Why didn't he just fuck? Oh, bro. Just fucking keep going, bro. <sighs> fucking idiot, man. And, you know, shit like that happens all the time. And people just like, whatever. You know? The number of times I will see somebody just pull out in the middle of traffic, stop three lanes of cars, make three lanes full of cars come to a complete stop just so that they can make a U-turn or a left turn or switch lanes. Or whatever. The number of times I see that per day. And nobody gets mad. Nobody says anything. Nobody yells or honks. They just come to a stop. Let the person make their U-turn. And we all just keep going. No big deal. And I love that. It's one thing I love about riding a bike in the city. Is although like. Man you're riding around a lot of people making very unintelligent decisions. <laughs> and I'm, that, I'm one of those people sometimes. I'm not saying that I'm excluded from that group. I'm saying even though that is the case. Like people are not overly aggressive or looking for problems. They just, just go with the flow. It is what it is, you know? And um, that's one thing I really appreciate about riding the bikes in, uh, in Bangkok. It's, it's pretty great. It's pretty great, man. So um, and what's also what I think about sometimes is like, man, whenever I leave this place, how am I going to go back to traveling around the city in any other way? You know what I mean? It's like, 
once you know how good it can be, <laughs> it's hard to be content with anything else. It's like, ah, you know, like if and when I eventually go back to my country to stay, you know, I might have to get myself a bike or something, man. It's just so convenient. It's so much fun. So practical. Um, but those are my thoughts on riding a motorbike in, in Bangkok, Thailand. 100% worth it. Pretty dangerous, but it's very cost effective. It's, it's so much fun. You get to see so much more of the city, live more like a local, you know, travel flexibly and very cheaply. I'm probably being repetitive at this point, but there's just so many benefits to being able to ride a motorbike around a city this size, you know? And it really opened my eyes to how much of a nuisance cars are, like how much more peaceful and clean and um, accessible a city would be if we didn't have so many fucking cars, you know? But anyway, I'm curious to know what it's like in y'all's country. I know that there are people all over the world listening to this, Asia, Africa, Europe, America, you name it. And things are done differently in different countries. So once y'all listen to this episode, hit me up, Instagram, Discord, email, whatever you got to do. Tell me a little bit about life in your country. What is the most common form of transportation? Have you ever ridden motorbikes? What are your thoughts on this type of stuff? And also take some time to think about the effect that so many cars have on your daily experience or maybe the way your city is built. Is it built for people or is it built for cars? What would make it more pleasant to exist in your city? You know, stuff like that. Because before I found Dr. Panova's videos, I really never even had thought about the effect that the layout of a city has on my experience in that city or the number of cars or the number of restaurants or sidewalks or the size of the streets, shit like that really has a uh, significant effect on your experience in a city and what you think of the city, how much fun you have, how expensive it is, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's interesting to think about. But that's it for this episode of Real English Radio. My friend, thank you so much for your time and attention. I will certainly talk to you soon. I am your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'm out. Peace. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.